You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Ocean Lotus puts down more roots in automobile manufacturing. Ransomware hits dentists, IT providers, as well as a Rhode Island town. The U.S. is offering a reward of $5 million for information leading to the arrests or, and we stress, or conviction of Drydex operator proprietor Maxim Yakubets. Russian influence operations seem to be aiming at stirring things up over this week's British election. And an awful lot of Windows 7 machines still seem to be out there. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, November 9th, 2019. Bayerische Rundfunk reported at the end of last week that Ocean Lotus, also known as APT32, a hacking group associated with the government of Vietnam, has been detected in the networks of both BMW and Hyundai. Neither company would directly answer the news service's questions. BMW responded with generalities about the company's security posture, the need for discretion in talking about specific cybersecurity incidents, and so forth, along with offering reassurances that they're addressing any security issues. The company is said by ZDNet to have monitored Ocean Lotus's intrusions into its networks for a few months, before finally expelling the hackers at the end of November. Bayerisch Rundfunk reports that Ocean Lotus seems to have established websites spoofing those belonging to BMW and Hyundai, and that those spoofs may have in some way figured into the attacks. Engadget reports the episode as an instance of cyber espionage, with trade secrets as the probable target, noting that Vietnam has in recent years entered the automobile market with its own manufacturer. BMW is a part supplier to Vietnam's domestic producer. The national champion, VinFast, has been in operation for a little more than a year. As ZDNet points out, BMW and Hyundai aren't the first companies to draw the interest of Vietnam's industrial espionage operators. Toyota was an Ocean Lotus target earlier this year. Ransomware continues to crop up in places that wouldn't appear to be high-payoff targets. Krebs on Security reported on Saturday that an IT provider that serves dental offices, Englewood, Colorado-based Complete Technology Solutions, had suffered an infestation of Sodinokibi ransomware, a strain also known as R-Evil, that's been making a nuisance of itself in recent months. Complete Technology Solutions offers, according to Krebs, network security, data backup, and voiceover IP phone service. The problem apparently began on November 25th, and Krebs says that as of this past weekend, Affected practices were still turning away patients. The operators behind Sodinokibi have devoted some attention to IT firms serving dental practices. Two months earlier, the same strain hit in Wisconsin, where it affected service provider PercySoft and affected about 400 practices. Some 100 have been affected in the Colorado attack. 
And the other ransomware incident that developed at the end of last week hit the small Rhode Island town of East Greenwich, where municipal systems were affected. The town hopes to be substantially up and back in business today. Both cases should serve as a reminder that a relatively small size and low profile confer little immunity from cyber attack. Maxim Yakubets and Igor Turashev, the two Russian GONIFs indicted in Pittsburgh last week on 10 counts connected with their use of the Drydex banking trojan, have now got a price on their head, or at least Yakubets does. The U.S. Departments of State and Justice are offering $5 million in Yankee greenbacks for information leading to Mr. Yakubets' arrest or conviction. That's the highest ever offered, computing and the Washington Post agree, for cyber criminals of this type. The Post has an interesting photo essay showing how crime pays for some of gangland's top dogs, with plenty of pictures showing the lifestyles of the corrupt and conscienceless. If bad taste were a crime, state and justice would have to up their offer to $10 million. Anywho, the Drydex duo will find it difficult to vacation outside of Russia. Hope they like Shelyabinsk because, alas, Atlantic City or Reno seem out of reach. Which is sad. A bit more news out of Russia. The World Anti-Doping Authority, better known by its acronym WADA, has hit Moscow with a four-year ban that will take the country out of this coming summer's Tokyo Olympics. This isn't a cyber story, not yet anyway, but it can be expected to become one soon enough. WADA has been in the Kremlin's cyber crosshairs before. The UK will hold its general elections this Thursday. Campaigns are being roiled in the last week by the documents Labour brandished, to accuse the Conservatives of planning to sell the National Health Service to the U.S., which seems unlikely, to say the least. Or, to put somewhat more plausibly, the documents are said to show that the Tory government was planning to offer effective control of the NHS's place in the healthcare market to a set of U.S. firms. The goal being, they say, to sweeten Britain's offer during negotiation of a new U.K.-U.S. trade deal. Labour's leader, Jeremy Corbyn, is hanging tough, saying it's an important issue the Prime Minister has yet to address, and that, as The Guardian reports, Labour won't reveal where the documents came from. Besides, even if accusations that the documents were planted and read it by Russian operators, no one has yet made the case for the documents' inauthenticity. The Washington Post points to the incident with glum alarm as a stark warning for the U.S. 2020 elections, if only because, as The Post puts it, Politicians are not exactly serving as a deterrent right now to would-be adversaries. So the week will prove interesting. Finally, whether or not Prime Minister Johnson is taking a page from the art of the deal here, there's one National Health Service cyber issue that seems beyond dispute. According to computing, the NHS still has about 200,000 machines running Windows 7, which really and truly reaches its end of life next month. Which makes us think. Our radio desk has been hearing a lot of ads lately in the lower reaches of local AM in which someone's offering to sell Windows 7 laptops at a discount. Get them now before Microsoft ends Windows 7 support in January, they say. Which is a way of looking at the market we confess hadn't occurred to us. So, hop to it, world. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program. 
quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. In the dynamic world of enterprise security, identity architects and IT leaders face a major challenge. Growth by repeated acquisitions multiplies the complexity of everything. Multiple IDPs, MFA providers, policy engines that all need to coexist. This can lead to fragmented user identities and policies that create security vulnerabilities and add access friction. Strata Identity solves this. Now you can decommission unneeded IDPs and consolidate the ones you'd like to keep without rewriting apps or disrupting users, engineers, and app owners. Plus, Strata's modular architecture makes it easy to integrate with any identity provider without manual maintenance and coding. Join the ranks of cybersecurity leaders using identity orchestration. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your top identity security priorities, and receive a pair of complimentary AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Step into a new era of identity management at strata.io slash cyberwire. And joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute and also my co-host on the Hacking Humans podcast. Joe, great to have you back. Hi, Dave. You and I were looking over some of the predictions from McAfee when it comes to things that they think are going to be coming down the pike in 2020. And there's one here that caught our eye that we wanted to discuss today. Uh, This was written up by John Fokker. He's been uh, a regular guest over on our Research Saturday show. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is ransomware attacks to morph into two-stage extortion campaigns. Yeah. What's going on here? So we're all familiar with ransomware, right? Yeah. That, that you get your files encrypted and then the attacker comes in and they say, uh, here's your keys, give me the money. Uh, and if you pay them, you might very well get the keys. In fact, most of the time you do get the keys. Right. But what he's saying is while you're recovering from this ransomware attack, the next thing they're going to do is start extorting you to keep the data private. Hmm. So this right. is sort of an insult to injury kind of thing? Yeah, an insult to injury <laughs> kind of thing. So, you know, if if I am capable enough to penetrate your network and get inside, mm-hmm. or if I've bought that access from somebody, right. then I have access to your documents and your data and whatever, and I can get that data out of there as well as encrypt it, right? Mm. So I can steal it and encrypt it. So I can take it for myself and have it and then deprive you of it. So once, once I give it back to you through the ransom payment, mm-hmm. I can still leverage the fact that I have the information. So now you're faced with another decision of whether or not to pay the extortion, the hush money. I'll call it the hush money. Mm-hmm. And we'll say the ransom is what you pay to decrypt your data. And the hush money is what you pay to keep your data from being released. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm already dealing with people who have already encrypted and stolen my data. Right. right? <laughs> Although they have it, a little bit of your trust if they've given it back. Right. Right. <laughs> For I understand. Money. Right. But paying them the, the hush money is no guarantee that they're going to 
not turn around and sell that data a third time for another profit. Sure. Right? I understand what John is saying here, and I absolutely think he's right that people will try it. I don't think it will have any benefit. I don't think people will pay that as much. People will pay ransoms to get their data back, but people are not going to pay hush money to prevent their data from being leaked, I think. So is the lesson here that your data should be encrypted at rest? So even if these bad guys exfiltrate the data, right? it's encrypted with your encryption that yep. you have the key to. That's correct. And they ha- it's worthless to them. It is worthless to them. That's a great point. So if you, if you use encryption when your data is at rest and that encryption is in place when somebody without authorization to look at the data is looking at it, but... You know, if I'm using whole drive encryption mm-hmm. on like a Windows machine, somebody has remote access to that Windows machine, that data is there and unencrypted and accessible. Yeah. So even though it's encrypted at rest, now if I'm talking about encrypted data maybe on a network drive that's always encrypted until somebody looks at it, yeah. then yes, that's right. Yeah. Of course, yeah. if somebody encrypts it a second time, that still makes it inaccessible to me, mm-hmm. right? So I still have to I still have to make the decision of whether or not I'm going to pay the ransom. Yeah, and you know another thing that I think doesn't get discussed very much is that sometimes there's there's the possibility that when the data is restored, let's say you pay the ransom and the data is restored, right? How do you know that that data hasn't been altered? Yeah, that's that's a real issue. Avi Rubin, who is a uh, professor at Hopkins, has said that that is what he predicts is going to be the next wave of ransomware. Hmm. is that somebody's going to go into some organization and change the data, not make it invalid, but change it. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to say, I've changed your data, and you have to pay me a ransom, or or I won't change it back. But I can change it back. Hmm. And I think that's a much more insidious and uh, probably dangerous method of infection. Yeah. You can see the ramifications of that. Think about it in a medical right. environment. Absolutely. If you're changing patient data information. Changing or, test results, for example. Or uh, med- medicine dosing and things like that. Yeah, all yeah. kinds of issues that could come up. All right, well, uh, it's an interesting report. It's a McAfee Labs 2020 Threats Predictions Report. Worth a look. Uh, Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Dave. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The Cyberwire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.